Welcome to the Thrive Church Podcast. We are so glad that you are joining us for this time today. We hope that this message will encourage you, build your faith, and help you thrive with God and thrive in life. Now to the message. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. We thank you for your life. I thank you, Father, for Father, for the parents in this room. And Father, I thank you for each one, Father, even as we were all children at one point and maybe we missed out on some things. And Father, I thank you. We don't live in regret, but Father that you're a father to the fatherless. Father, that there can be a reparenting. Father, that you can, you can take us wherever we're at. Like We've never missed out on anything because, Lord, you, you bring us, you catch us up to everything that we have ever need of. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, this past, uh, uh, I think it was Thursday morning, Thursday morning I was at, you know, I just had the TV on for a second and it was early in the morning, it was the, the Queen's Platinum anniversary jubilee celebrations and they were doing the 41 cannon salute you know and and all the royal family they're out on the balcony and all their regalia and all their fancy clothes and all that and and uh, you know I imagine everybody you know Kate and all them spend a lot of time you know what am I going to wear at this time and all the makeup and my hair and all that right and and uh, and you know everybody's up there and then on the front row so there's the queen and then there's little prince louis the four-year-old and you know, you know who got the attention? It was the queen and little Louis. And, and you know what? I, th- I just felt it was the picture that God's hand is on the children. You know, God cares about the children. Jesus said, let the children come unto me. Yeah. Amen. God cares about children. God is a father and he wanted a family, you know. And, you know, something irrational happens to, to parents, you know, or couples. You know, they're, they're in love and they, they're happily married and everything. is. And then they have this desire, which is irrational, to have a child. And... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and so they, 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 oh, we want a baby, we want a baby. And then, then they go through the whole stages, the pregnancy, and sometimes the, all the complications, the morning sickness, and all the things. Like, what, what was I thinking, you know? And, uh, and then, the, then the birthing process. And then it all starts with the, you lose your sleep for the next six months, and you're changing diapers, and, and, then, and then the money starts flowing in, and, and uh, all the different things. I, th- I heard somewhere that it's, you know, without inflation, I think it was like 300 and 400,000 to raise a child, you know, like, what were you thinking having these children, amen? Did I drop something? <laughs> and so, you know, I, I was looking at, um, you know, as we're praying for children, as you're praying for children, children are sponges for the Spirit of God, amen? You know, one time there was a, I was called to go to the hospital, and a young couple had a, they had a baby, but it was a C-section, and they wanted me to pray for the mother, and and, uh, you know, the recovery from the, the stitches and the surgery and all that. And the, the little baby, I mean, it's just a little doll of a baby is just sitting on her, on her tummy, but she's crying. As soon as I walk in, I'm just hearing this baby crying. Ah, wow, wow, wow. And, uh, you know, something happened. As soon as I laid hands on, on, on the baby and prayed for them, the baby stopped instantly. Just instantly. You know, one thing I wanted to pray for Elia, and she's gone now was just about some trauma. But we'll pray for after. But, you know, you know, sometimes babies go through things, even in the womb, and, and they don't know what, I mean, they're, they're, they're alive. They sense things going on the whole time. You know, they're, they're not, I mean, as soon as they're born, in fact, God says, I, he knew, he knew, like he mentioned to Jeremiah, I knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb. You know, God has a plan. You know, in, in Psalm 131, it says, you know, before you know, while you were in the, in, in the womb, before even, uh, even there was even a part of you, 
all your days were already written in a book. God, God has written Maya's and Olivia's and Elia's and Nicholas's future already. He's, he's got their, their days written in a book. Isn't that cool? That God knows all those things, you know? And so, God is a miracle. You know, I was thinking, you know, so Nat, Josiah and Natalie, they had this desire, you know, like uh, Levi. I mean, he's such a great little guy, you know. Why wouldn't you want another one, right? And, uh, and God blessed him with a little girl. But, you know, in, in that whole time of, you know, different times we'd interact with you and we'd be praying and, and um, you know, just, uh, you know, just different things were going on. And, and, uh, but I, I remember one time after we had prayed with them and been together, I think, at our home. And I was riding my bike in Fish Creek. And I'm just riding my bike along. And, and I just hear these words. And it's kind of weird the way the words came. But it was, uh, Natalie is with child. And she shall bring forth. I thought that was kind of weird. A few days later, I get a call from, uh, maybe a week later or something like that, right? Josiah he called me and, guess what? Natalie's pregnant, you know? And, but, but the word was, she's with child and she shall bring forth. You know, there were some challenges along the way in the whole thing. But God says, she will, she will bring forth. Amen. God has a plan and he's going to bring it. You know, God's going to fulfill their destiny. The children that we prayed for in each of you, God's going to fulfill your destiny. Amen. God has a plan. God has a, a wonderful thing. The scripture I want to open up with, Pastor Josiah asked me to share on um, raising godly children or parenting or something like that. And he says, we got two kids and uh, he thought we did okay. One of them was his, one of his best friends in school and, and uh, David is our son and our daughter's Michelle. And he, David's now 33. He's married and he's, in, he's a lawyer in Toronto, married another lawyer. And so they have legal uh, blessings with each other. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and our daughter, she's actually just coming back from vacation in Italy and Barcelona, and so she arrives on, on um, whatever, Tuesday night, and she's with Alberta Health. And, you know, I, I remember thinking, you know, when I was growing up, I was just thinking, you know, I saw so many kids when they'd get into, you know, they're so cute at this age, you know, but they'd get into different area, ages, and, and I'd see them go all squirrely and wild and rebellious and all that, and and, you know, as a single, I thought, man, I don't know if I want children. I don't want to go through that with, with these kids going off the rails and all this kind of stuff. And what, what happened was um, earlier in the days of our church, there was, a, there was a family in our church, and they had this young boy, and he was going right through. We, we sort of watched him go right through um, that, those uh, ages that I was concerned, the, the adolescent ages and all that kind of stuff. And you know what happened? Uh, you know, I, I thought there's hope. We can do it. And, you know, I'm so thankful for our kids. They love the Lord. They're on fire for God. Amen. They're doing good for God. And, and it's like, I don't know how that happened. It must have been Laura, my wife, doing it. Amen. But uh, in Isaiah 44, verse 3, it says, For I will pour water on him who is thirsty and floods on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants and my blessing on your offspring. And they will spring up among the grass like willows by the water courses. Isn't that good? And then in, this, is for, this is for Thrive Church. The New Living Translation goes like this. And they will thrive. You guys should have cheered for that one. <laughs> they, will, they will thrive like watered grass, like willows in the riverbank. So thrive is actually in the Bible. <laughs> and so may you all thrive and may your children thrive, you know. But you, you know what, on Friday night actually was the beginning of, of uh, Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks or, you know, the outpouring of the Spirit. And, 
And, uh, and it goes, I think, till Monday night or something. And so this weekend, this, this Sunday, actually, you know, in Christian circles, we call it Pentecost Sunday. And, and it's, it's like celebrating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But I like this on this dedication that it's about the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on our children. Amen. God wants to pour out his, whole, his Spirit on the kids in this generation. You know, the enemy has been targeting this generation like no other generation before with all the, how many babies have been killed in the womb and all those kind of things, the abortion. And, and uh, you know, and as soon as they, they come out living, they, 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 they get challenged in, in, in schools with all kinds of ideologies that are destructive and all those kind of things. The enemy's after this generation, but how many know that God is going to pour out his spirit on these children? in this generation, and they're going to spring up, and they're going to have an influence. They're going to be influencers in this generation. Amen? God wants to touch the children. Jesus said, let the children come. You know, God loves children. You know, you don't have to worry about children in a service. I mean, you know, it's good to have special places for them, but the children need to be in church. Amen? Because that's what, you know, God, God, but church needs to be in the home as well. Because God wants to pour out His Spirit. You know, there's an environment that, that children grow up in. Um, I've known Josiah probably since you were 13, 14, somewhere in there. I like him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we, we remember we went out, to, you know, with, yeah, anyway, I, I won't go into that part. Uh, but, um, but, you know, you sort of get to know Josiah. I mean, you know, you, you interact with him as a young kid and growing up and different things. And I always saw a hunger, of God, hunger for God in him. You know, and then he left our church and went off and got married to somebody else. And, well, Natalie, I mean. And, uh, and, uh, and, and that was awesome. And so, I, you know, God has a purpose for everything. And, but I, some things I didn't know about Josiah, I didn't know that he liked fly fishing. I mean, he picked it up and now he's crazy with fly fishing, you know. And the other thing that I didn't know about, that Josiah loves gardening. How many, how many know that Josiah likes gardening? I would never have thought of that for Josiah. You know, it's like, you know, you get over to his place and he's talking about, you know, I'm doing something with these turnips over here or whatever. <laughs> you know, and, you know, he'd come over to our place for dinner and he didn't like any vegetables that we'd cook. And now he's, now he's growing them. You know, there's something wrong with this picture, you know. And... Uh, but somehow, he's got a green thumb, and he just loves it. You know, he likes growing. He says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I got these started over here, and I'm going to put them, and then I got a greenhouse for these ones and all this, and I'm going to transplant. <laughs> and so the, the picture that I felt this morning, or this afternoon, this is afternoon. <laughs> but but there's the, 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 you know, it's, it's like the analogy was the children are going to thrive like willows. You know, it's sort of like plants. The, the analogy or the metaphor is children are like plants. Flowers are different. Or gardening. How many love some kind of gardening? How many like eating gardening stuff? <laughs> I like to eat the stuff. You know, I, I'd sooner go to the farmer's market and get my tomatoes and grow them. But here, here's some scriptures. Children like plants. Psalms 144 verse 12. May our sons flourish in their youth like well-nurtured plants. Amen. Another one, in, in the message it says, May our, make our sons in their prime as sturdy oak trees and our daughters as shapely and brightly as fields of wildflowers. Psalm 128 verse 3, Your wife will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Your children will be like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. Do you see the analogy? 
children plants, right? Children plants. And so when you're out there gardening, you know, parents, as you're out there doing different things with your gardening, you're pruning the tomato, whatever you do. I don't know what gardeners do. <laughs> um, but you know what? You know what? Think, you know what? I need to be fertilizing my kids. You know, I need to be weeding my garden. You know, there's weeds in the garden. There's different things, you know. There's, a, you know, I need to water my children. Amen. My plants, but, uh, yeah. you know, there's some things, you know. Excuse me. It says, I just heard some of these quotes. It's easier and better to build boys than to repair men. Talking about raising godly children. You know, a six-year-old came home from school and with a note, and the, the teacher suggested he be taken out of school to, because he was too stupid to learn. His name was Thomas Edison. <laughs> you know what? Speak life over your children. Your child, children have destiny on them. You know what? I want to say your children maybe don't hit it off in the area of math or something like that, but there's an area where they are a genius. There's a place where they're going to thrive, and sometimes the school system is a one-size-fits-all. And it's not a one-size-fits-all. Some kids, there's arts, there's different things that they develop in. You know, I did better in school than, than, let's say, my younger brother, but you know what? He is brilliant, and you know, whenever he comes to our place, you know what? I, I say to him, you know, I need this fixed, and I need this fixed. I give him a laundry list because he's brilliant in the area of fixing these things, you know? And so... So thank God. So some, some things about children, about raising godly children, it's the environment. When, the first thing, when you're planting something, it's what is the soil condition like? What's the sun like? You know, is it, do they need shade? Is there enough sun for them? Amen? And so, so some of the things about uh, uh, the environment for your children, let's just say in the context of us and this, as a church, you know what? One of the environments to raise your children is in church. In, in, in a Holy Ghost church, in a Holy Spirit place. You know what? We're, we're um, as, a, as a human body, we're 80, no, 60 to 70% water. But we're really a spirit. And you know, as we're supposed to be thirsty for water, we're supposed to be thirsty for Him, for Jesus, amen, for His presence. You know, and so children need to be in an environment of the Spirit of God, you know? You know, we, we had... Um, a young family in our church, and they had a little three-year-old boy, and we'd have prayer meetings on a Wednesday night, and, and this, this little guy, he was, you know, they'd have all kinds of names for him. You know, he's, he's this, and, you know, he's all these names that they put on children, right? And, uh, and you know, he was developmentally, developmentally delayed. And so he was in our prayer meeting, and I'd, I'd have my ghetto blaster, I'd have my iPad and different things for music and different things like that, and, you know, this little guy would come around, and he'd always want to mess with my stuff, you know? And he'd want to push buttons and everything, and he'd scream and do all this kind of stuff. And, and it was like, you know what? I want him in our church. And I want him in, our, in an environment of prayer, because that's what's going to do it for him. You know, if he makes a little bit of noise, God's not going to get scared. Amen? He needs to be in that place, you know? But today, you know what's happening with this little guy? He's nine years old now. And when I need, you know, we we done Zoom prayer meetings and different like, things like that, and I'll say, T.Y., can you, can you close in prayer? And he doesn't pray like a little kid. He prays like... It, it's profound how he prays, but you know what? He was in an environment of prayer, and he could grow in that, and he could thrive in that. You know, kids need to be in the area of the Holy Spirit. You know, in the Azusa Street, they didn't have children's church. Do you know that when the Azusa... 
Azusa Street. How many ever heard of Azusa Street? You know, I mean, it was in, back in about the early 1900s, the move of God. People came all over the place and were touched and changed by, this, by the presence of God. You know, the presence of God will change when no books can change, when no medica- medica- medicine can change, and no therapies can change, but the Holy Spirit can do therapy and do, do tremendous things. And it would be like in these meetings, it would be like the presence of God, and it would be like a thick fog, and the children would play hide-and-seek in the cloud of the presence of God. Kids are okay with, it, with a good environment, you know? You know what? We, we buy different plants, you know, these potted plants, the hanging plants, and they have the little sticker on them, and it says, needs a lot of sunshine, needs shade, all those kind of things, right? But you know, children need a lot of sunshine. Children need an environment of love. You know, there's a scripture that says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Hidden love, you know, many parents, you know, they, they go through life and they're busy, you know, they love their kids, but they're busy working and making money and doing different things like that, and that's important. But you know what? Sometimes we forget to shine the light of God's love on our kids, you know. Love, um, love is sometimes time spent. It's touching, it's holding, it's playing, it's doing things with the kids, playing Lego. Maybe you come home from, tired, you're, from work, you're tired, and you don't want to do anything, but sometimes it's important to play a little bit of Lego with your kid. I don't want to do it. It's so boring and he's doing it all wrong. <laughs> but the, but you're, you're bringing them up in a place of sunshine. Amen? Yeah, Number two. Number two, we've got to watch for the weeds. Say there's weeds. <laughs> you know, it says, I, I saw this quote about child discipline. When it comes to serious illness, and this is by some kind of doctor that I found in a book somewhere, so I, I trust it's true. The child taught to obey stands four times the chance of recovery than a spoiled, undisciplined child when it comes to serious in, in, illness. Isn't that something? So in other words, if you just let your children go wild and do whatever you want, it's not actually you're doing them a favor. And, I, you know, and according to the study, it actually can affect them in the area of, of recovery. I mean, isn't that something? You know, Proverbs 22.10 says, Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but physical discipline uh, will drive it far from him. I might have got the wrong scripture there, so that's up there. Don't worry about it. I, I, I just, this is not how I do it, but we, <laughs> Proverbs, I might have the wrong reference. Foolishness is bound up in the heart of a child, but physical discipline drives it far from him. You know, Hebrews 12.6 says, For the Lord corrects and disciplines everyone whom he loves. Isn't that good? How many of you love discipline? <laughs> I don't like it. But you know what? Discipline is actually, you know, you know a child, when they, when they mess up and they, they know they need a correction, they need a discipline, you know, and if you don't do it, they, they feel rejected. Or if you just say, okay, your discipline is to put you in a room and silent treatment, you know what? That's, that's really potentially putting rejection on them. I mean, no, we need help as parents. Parents, you need help. And we understand everybody's an expert on raising kids until they have kids. <laughs> Amen? Everybody, oh, I've never let my kid do that. Well, you don't have that kid. So don't go judging other people's kids, right? You know, every child is different. They all have their own, um, you know, there's some, some children are just plain compliant. You know, our, our son David was compliant. He was very easy to mold and to, 
But, you know, along comes Michelle, and she's got a little bit of a backbone in her. And it's like, no. Uh, you know, and you had to be firm with her. You had to be on top of it. And here's some things about discipline, you know. Be consistent. I, I want to get all... Be prompt and make it a priority. I want to say, be consistent. You know, discipline is something, if you do it, you won't have to do it. Right? But if you don't do it, you'll have to do it again and again and again, or you'll be frustrated. And so we need to be prompt in the area of discipline, you know, because children need it. Because foolishness, you know, all these kids that came up here, they're so beautiful. They're just huggable. Like Elia. She's so beautiful. Like there, there's nothing wrong with her, except the Bible says there's foolishness bound up in the heart of a child. And it shows up. And, and you know what? It needs to be dealt with. Those are weeds that come up. And if you let those go, those weeds will affect other things in their life. And so I just want to move through some things. But there, you can just Google this. Something about Google. I do on, on Bible Gateway. Um, scriptures on disciplining children. And I think about 100 scriptures will come up. The third area is, in certain areas, you have to prune things. Not that I'm an expert on that, but you have to prune things, like apple trees or orchards. You know, if, you, if, if Josiah, once he gets his orchard going, <laughs> I, I'm going to see cherry trees in his backyard one of these days, and, and uh, he's going to have to buy the neighbor's land to put up his orchard and all the things. Yeah, that's, that's my pears, and those are my apricots. And he may move Thrive to British Columbia so he can do that. But... Um, but it's, it's important to, to prune. You know, in John 15, it says, um, Jesus is the vine and we are the branches. And then he says that the father, or the, the husbandman, he prunes the people that he loves so that they'll bear more fruit. And uh, what, what, I, what I like in pruning to is training. You know that your child, our children need to be trained. You know, we live in an area where a lot of people are walking their dogs and you know, some dogs, they, they're just they're on a leash and the dogs are taking off every which way. It's like, there's a whole, hold on to the dog, you know. But I've watched other people with their dogs and nobody's around. And what they're doing is they'll be walking their dog and they'll, they'll be doing something like this. Sit down. I don't know what they're saying, but all of a sudden the dog sits down. Heel. Don't look. <laughs> Whatever they're doing. But without anybody around, without any, they're, they're doing the training before they need it. Amen? And so what we would do this sometimes with our kids. We'd have a big game called an obedience game. And so it would be, okay, we're going to play. We'd make obedience being fun. <laughs> it's fun to be obedient. There's rewards in being obedient. And, you know, it'd be something like, okay, David, take 10 steps and turn halfway around. You know? And, uh, and you know, whatever, whatever the game was. And he'd, he'd, he'd do it. Yay! You obeyed! And we'd celebrate his obedience. You know what? You're training obedience. You're developing it because it's important. You know, the Bible says uh, some good things. I'll get back to that in a bit. Because <laughs> that wasn't in my notes yet. You know, people call it the terrible twos. But they're actually called the training twos. That's what Laura and I call them, the training twos. And so what happens at around two years old is suddenly... No comes the, the main word. And, uh, and the backbone comes up and the children, I don't want to do that. And they start to do that. And you say, what happened? 
He was such a sweet little boy. They were such a sweet little girl. The devil got a hold of them. Oh, we need to cast the spirit out. No. No, he's just, they, it's the training tooth. Uh, I, I read this statement by a Duke of Wellington, never met him, don't know who he is, but he says, what impresses me most about America is the way parents obey their children. <laughs> what happens in the, in the terrible twos, or the we don't call it the training twos, the parents are trying to train you, or the, the kids are trying to train the parents. And so what, what, what happens is they're, they're mom, you're in the, in the grocery aisle and you're, and you're going by the cereal section, and they see the Fruit Loops and or whatever, and they say, "I want Fruit Loops." No, we're not having Fruit Loops. We're going to have Bran or something. <laughs> and the kids, I got to train Mum. We're never going to get anywhere. And so this is my moment. And so, screaming tantrum coming on, <laughs> lying on the floor, kick. Ah, she got me that. She got me the Fruit Loops. Mom, you're coming along just fine. <laughs> I'm training her. She's doing exactly what I want. And, and soon they, they get the wind of, this is how I can manipulate my parents. As opposed to, this is the time for you to train them. And sometimes what it is is, you know what? You're causing a fuss in this store. We were going to go stop at McDonald's on the way home. But you know what? I'm just going to unload my cart right now and we're going to go home and we're going to have a session. Call it whatever you like. <laughs> because this is the priority. The groceries are not the priority. I'll go back. Right now, this is the important thing. And we're going to deal with it now. Okay, I'm sounding kind of tough here, but... <laughs> oh, man. You know what, parents? Just grace to you. But I'm just saying... It, you've got to discipline yourself to discipline. You know what? We thank God for our kids. You know, but you know, you, I, Laura and I, we were at a restaurant yesterday, on, just coming home from an event, and I still got a little time. And um, and there was a, a family, you know, just a, a newborn baby, and then a little girl about two years old. And uh, the family was just sitting down. They brought the, the server had brought the waters and different things, and. And, uh, and just as Austin, I saw a commotion, and, and the little girl had a blowout. Do you know what I'm talking about? I, 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 that's a distant memory. <laughs> and, uh, you know, excuse me. Here's this couple, you know, they're just um, going to have a night out with their kids. And, and it, you know what, it was just, uh, you know what, they just said to the waiter, you know what, I got to take my little girl home. I need to bath her. She's important. Not our time to eat out. We can do that another time. But this is the important time, you know. And, uh, and then later on, the waitress comes to the table, and, and, uh, and all of a sudden she may, wow. Someone, they had left them a $20 tip, you know. But, you know, the point I was going to make was, well, Laura and I, we were out with our kids. They were probably two, three, four, five, somewhere in that range. And, and my sisters had come up from Edmonton. We went out for something to eat, and... and um, and, we, you know, we th Laura and I, we do this different times. And anyways, I, my, my sisters, they said to me, I can't believe how your kids are so quiet. You know, they're not throwing things and running around making... You know, you can train your children. They don't have to cause a scene. And I'm not saying our kids never caused a scene. That was the one time that they were good. No. <laughs> but, you know, you know what? We had a dog called Ruffles, and, 
Ruffles, you know, we loved Ruffles and, you know, got her as a pup. And Ruffles was an amazing greeter. She could work at this church an amazing way. And so what would happen is people, people would come into, the, into our front door and all of a sudden they would, Ruffles would run over to, to them and start jumping and scratching their nylons and different things like that. And we thought she was so cute. And someone says, that's not the way dogs should be. And, and oh, really? We knew how to train kids. Now we had to learn how to train our dog. And so after a while, she didn't do that anymore. You know, Ephesians 6, this was, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you, and you may live long on the earth. Isn't that a powerful scripture? You want your kids to live long? That's the word. Number four, I'm not sure I'm going to get through them all, but, well, I'll give you the highlights. Number four, teach. I call that fertilizer and feed. You know, who's teaching your children? Is it the schools? Is it social media? Is it television? Who's teaching your children? You say, well, I send them to Sunday school. No, the main teaching has to happen at home. Amen? Isaiah 54, verse 13, All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace of your children. All your children shall be taught of the Lord, and great shall be the peace. You know, you can make teaching fun. But, uh, you know, when did you start teaching? Probably at two. I mean, right away we were, we were teaching. But we had this little book. So I was teaching my, our kids how to hear the voice of God. And we had a little book about the story of Samuel. Remember when the story of Samuel when Samuel was a little boy and he was taken to the temple and, and he would hear this voice. And, and he thought it was Eli, the, the high priest, was calling him and and so Samuel would get up and run over to Eli and say, uh, yes, master, here I am. What did you say? What, what do you want? And, and, and Eli would say, I never called you. Go back to bed. And then he'd go back to bed, and again, that voice came. And he run, runs up, and he says, hi, Eli, here I am. What did you want? And Eli says, I didn't call you. And, uh, and then Eli says, I think it's the voice of God. He's just a little boy. The next time... Uh, the voice comes, he says, speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So I, I, I would just say, David, you're going to bed. Michelle, you're going to bed. But God can speak to you. God can give you dreams. You know, children are more sensitive. You know, after a while, we get kind of, uh, I don't believe in that stuff. I don't believe in all. But children have a discerning. They, they have an openness to the things, you know. They have a, a, sen- a sensitivity that sometimes we override. I could tell you a story about David. One time we took him to a restaurant in the Kananaskis and and uh, he was just a little baby, and, and he, we were sitting in this restaurant with the youth, and he's just crying, he's crying, he's crying, and we'd walk out, literally step across the threshold, and he'd stop just like that. And it, okay, he's good now, and so we'd go back in, and he'd just cry, cry, cry. We'd take him out. I mean, it was, it was like scientific, like uh, at this thing. He, he was picking up something. I don't know what he was picking up, but he was picking up something, you know? And, uh, but on, on and on, children are made to hear the voice of God. They're people, amen? Amen. They, they, their children are made to, they, they can lay hands on the sick. There's an anointing that flows. They're not the church of tomorrow, they're the church of today. Amen. They have a discerning, they have an ability. Number, number five is they need to be watered. Children need to be watered. Water is prayer. Amen. As plants need to be watered, children need to be watered with prayer. You know, I, I, I remember a young man, I, I was in, 
teaching in a Bible school, and, and he was sitting in the class, and his mother was in the class, or his grandmother, and I could tell she's a woman of prayer. I don't know, you could just tell somebody, they're just people of prayer. And I says, you must really be praying for your grandson. And she, and she says, oh, yeah. And I says, what do you do? And she says, I just pray the word. I pray God's word over them, you know? You know, they're, they're, here, here's the scripture for you. This, this is a, another family. They, they, how many would like your children to be signs and wonders? Here's one, Isaiah 8, verse 18. I hope I have the right reference there. Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given you are for signs and wonders. Isn't that good? They're for signs and wonders in the earth. Amen. And so you can, you, as you're watering them with a prayer, you can pray God's word over them. Something is happening. Something is changing them. And number six, you've got to watch for we are pests. Do you ever have pests come into your garden, Josiah? What do you do with that? You want to get rid of those things, you know? But I want to say there's pests that come in. That, you know, the enemy, recognize there's an enemy after your children. And uh, Laura and I were called recently, and um, there, were, there was an 11-year-old girl. She, she was uh, having weird things happening in her bedroom, like doors slamming and noises and bumping and all this kind of stuff. And it was like, it wasn't people. It was some other spirit that was operating in the place. And, but it was a brand-new house. And sort of, how did that thing get there? And we, we went over there and, and began to talk with this little girl, and she's 11 years old. And she starts saying, you know, my friend and I, she came over and she brought her an Ouija board. How many know what an Ouija board is? It's something to stay away from. And, and they'd, they'd been messing, just, she said, I didn't want it, I didn't want it, but, but it's like they came in and, and they had an Ouija board. So we have to pray out the place. Repent. You know, the point I'm making is the enemy is after your kids. You know, and so recognize, you know, they come home from school. Let's say something is going on with them. Something, you know, there's a change in behavior, attitude or something. Recognize there's probably something that got a hold of them. And you can watch for that. And then lastly, I just want to say, you know, there's something about blessing your kids. You know, I will pour out my blessing on your offspring. I will pour out my blessing on your children. And so God wants to release a blessing. And you know what? One of the... Uh, you know, I want to say, particular parents, particular dads, you know, there's, there's a power in releasing a blessing. You know, in the Old Testament, and you know, it's not just something you do one time, it's something you do continually. You're blessing, you're speaking words of life over them. And so you have the power to name, you have the, 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 the power to begin to speak over their lives, you know. We have one, one family in, in our, our church, and the, the father would take his boy to school, and he's, he's this, this nine-year-old kid, and on the way to school... He's just be. You're going to be the top of the class. You're going to you're going to you're going to be have favor with your teacher, and you're going to do this, and you're going to be a high achiever, and begin to speak blessing over the children. Amen. Yeah. And they they brought a had to take one of the neighbor's kids to school, and now he wants to get in on the blessing. You know, <laughs> people, our kids need to be blessed. They need the blessing. You know, Jesus was blessed by his father. You are my beloved son, and you I am well pleased. You know, some people call their kids all kinds of things. They actually speak a curse. And this is my last scripture. But in the book of Ruth, there's a story of Naomi, and she has two sons, her and her husband, they leave. But the, and, and their sons, they go to a place called Moab, and the two sons die. I thought, it's kind of odd that the sons would die. And I looked up their names of the two sons, and the one son's name is Malone, and it means sick. So every time they picked him up, hi, sick. Hi, unhealthy person. 
They began speaking that. You know what? We need to speak life. And the other one was, um, his name was Chilean, which means pining, which means becoming increasingly thin and weak. That's speaking a curse. But you know what? Parents speak that. You're never going to amount to anything. How many have heard that kind of thing? We're speaking life. Father, I thank you this morning. Father, for the life of God, Father, that, that you're giving us these children, Father, as plants to raise up. Father, you're giving us these children, Father, to, to speak life and hope over them. In the name of Jesus, Father, I thank you for great grace on the parenting of the children in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us for the Thrive Church podcast. We hope this message encouraged you, built your faith, and helped you thrive with God and thrive in life. We would love to see you on a Sunday soon, in person or online. You can get all the information at thrivecalgary.ca. If you would like to support a partner with Thrive Church financially, you can do so by going to thrivecalgary.ca and click the Give button. Know God is for you. We love you and have a great week.